Public in general. Uh, good evening, folks. Uh, glad to not see you. Um, I'm here this evening with one of the first people that I ever met in Gainesville uh, 22 years ago, 21 years ago, I think, maybe? Uh, 20, yeah, 21 years ago, uh, I believe it's been. Uh, I met this gentleman in his record store. I believe it was the first time I walked into the record store with this band that everyone thought was like a jazz trio band or something, like nobody was quite sure what they were or what they were about, but uh, 
we all walked into the store, and I remember all the guys were kind of, we were all, not nervous, but kind of like, all right, here it goes, we're going to go into shaft, you know, we're some new guys in town, no one's quite sure what these guys are about, and this guy is supposedly like the dude in town, he's got the record store, you know, that was the word around town, you know, you, you, you knew your shit, you're the punk rock dude, and uh, so, uh, and the name of the store was Shaft. Uh, and the owner's Pat was Patrick Hughes or Pat Hughes, and that's who I'm talking to this evening. Good evening, Pat. Good evening. Uh, glad to have you here this evening. Thank you for doing this. I really I'm, appreciate it. I'm flattered and delighted to spend time with you, and flattered uh, that you would pay attention to me at the same time. Thank you. Well, I mean, uh, well, you know what? I think it's due because I mean, there were many times you had to pay attention to me when you probably didn't want to. So it's no, like... <laughs> no joking, joking aside, but um. Yeah. Uh, so here's the Hello Music story. Yeah. Okay. We These guys came into my. I had a record store called Shaft Records, and this was like early mid '90s. Discord thing was very big. Fugazi was really starting to hit its stride. Probably, you know, at its sort of peak influentialness, influentiality, like um, right before breaking over into like like Pearl Jam, you know, kind of like territory where Pearl Jam started like writing their name on their arms and all that <laughs> shit. So like. It's peak before it hits the mainstream. Um, you know, you had bands like Quicksand. You know, you're mm. starting to see sort of a sea change in the wake of Nirvana. And uh, at mm -hmm. the same time, you saw a little bit of a hangover with uh, this kind of like Red Hot Chili Peppers type type stuff was still pretty big in the in the college world. Yeah, and in and, South uh, Florida too. So, uh, so these guys were these guys were coming out of my store. Occasionally, they might wear like a fishbone shirt. One of them might be wearing a fishbone shirt. Day. It was, uh, you know, it was Jay and uh, a couple of guys from Hot Water Music, and like they came, they came in two or three times, and they would always buy really great stuff. They'd buy like whatever the latest Discord releases were. Um, you know, Chuck uh, and Chris clearly had a facility with uh, some of the classic hardcore that I grew up on. They were a couple of years younger than mm -hmm. me, but they were like well-versed in, like, the mid-late 80s, like, uh, Circle Jerks and Agnostic Front and, like, all the stuff that I kind of cut my teeth on. And um, they, uh, you know, they all they all seem like uh, really great guys, and I just assumed from their demeanor and their look and the Fishbone t-shirts that they were just a fucking shitty, like, Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know, band. And so they would always say, hey, we're playing at the Hardback, you know, we're playing at the Hardback, come check us out, come check us out. And I would always... Yeah, 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 I think there's like a potluck or something I might be, but maybe after I like go to the potluck or you know, whatever, you know, I would kind of like make an excuse. And they gave me a demo tape, the Eating the Filler, like four song, like thing, and I like kind of like threw it like under the counter, I'm like, yeah, I'll check this out. I'm thinking like, oh, Jesus, like, you know, these guys seem really great, but. Wish you had a Facebook maybe button. Fuck like this, then, huh? this, like, I just, I, I just, I didn't want to be bummed. Like, because they seem like really nice guys. Yeah, yeah, no. And they're, totally. they're clearly not hooked into the social scene, the Gainesville social scene. No, we didn't. You know, not, not yet. And, uh, and so I felt like I wanted to retain my pleasant, uh, you know, this sort of like kind of distant affection. I didn't want that to be the challenge. I didn't want to, yeah, yeah. You know, I wanted to retain the kind of good vibes that I had toward these guys. And I felt like after years of experience, I've been working in record stores for a long time at that point. Um, I, I just knew that the best way for me to continue my pleasant like demeanor toward these guys was to not hear their shitty band, right? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so I go to the hardback and anyway, finally like one night I just drank it up and like find myself down there and there's nobody there. Nobody there. Here's the chemistry to Hot Water Music for like the first 50 times they played, at least in Gainesville. Yeah. Jay? 
uh, uh, Wendy, Kim, Jason Dooley, Megan Harris, and just whatever bar fly happened to be, you know, hanging around the hardback at that time. So I went there, I think it was with uh, Mike Clifton, actually. Frenchie was probably there. Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> sorry. So, shout out, I, I, you know, I, I, I went there and, uh, you know, Jason Black starts playing, like, he's wearing a fishbone shirt or something, and I'm kind of, like, gritting my teeth, and he, he starts warming up, like, bop, 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 he's playing, like, that punk bass, and then he, like, yeah. thumb slapping, like, punk bass, like, to warm up, and I just thought, fucking A, I fucking called it. Dude. I knew it. I, I knew it. Fucking punk metal. They're going to be a shitty Red Hot Chili Peppers, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and it's there, like, 24-7 spies, like, all that stuff, and I, I'm, anyway, I, I, I tend to be totally vindicated. Obviously, Hot Water Music doesn't play that type of music. They started up. And it was like, it was reminiscent of Fugazi and Quicksand, but it had a unique, um, over-the-top emotion uh, coming from Chuck and Chris. Those guys were so raw, borderline sloppy, barely holding it together. Well, at the same time, you had Jason and George, of course, who went to, like, you know, a, a musical, yeah, like, high school stuff jazz there. Trio so band. They had the technique, and they were there, and so... That's the irresistible combo. Anytime you have any super tight like rhythm section, then you just got like balls out craziness going on over the yeah. top of it. And so here are these guys. Uh, I never looked at okay. yeah. No fuck metal at all. And they're just roaring. They're roaring. Literally roaring. Like 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 as a metaphor and actually physically roaring with their mouths. Like all like, this motion. All this great noise. Like I said, it's some instant of like quicksand and Bugatti and you know stuff like Burn and Orange Nine Millimeter and like some of the things yeah. that but it really had its own distinct thing and uh, it just absolutely blew me away. Thirty seconds in, and, like I felt like, like I was just like in one of those car rides that whirls around. You're pinned to the wall, like I'm pinned to the wall with my eyes open. Right. Hair, I'd hear the sound of hair flying back. Quick, 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 quick question then. I want to ask you. Then as someone who thought of them prior to that, because yeah. it's funny because Marburger said something about them the other night, which I found funny. He said he found them, um, what was the word? He found, he found them kind of scary because they were so good at such a young age. Did you did you find that kind of weird, like just to find some dude from Sarasota, Florida that just happened to hop into Gainesville, Florida to be such... Like, like they're, 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 they're pretty well No, not really. I mean, I would call I would call that just natural you know, I, for, ability and talent. At, at that point, for five or six years, I had been going with a hard band. Anywhere from like two or three nights would be like a lean week for me to get yeah, yeah. a live band. So I, you know, I saw everything that came through the town. Yeah, on that underground level. Yeah, yeah. Really bigger and stuff like that. So I never, you know. That, that's it. I mean, the fact that they were... So, so how long the music that they, The fact that they were good, they were definitely of the moment, but had their own distinct kind of thing going on, that they were so sincere and passionate about what they were playing to such a small crowd in a way that immediately connected with me. Um, like, I was, like, 30 seconds in, I was absolutely converted, and I... Uh, I just, just so I, 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 I couldn't fucking believe it. In fact, yeah. I, I, we ended up in the I can't remember if we remember the spot, but we ended up in the night in front of the apartment, 
like like two thirty in the morning. Like we we had a pentagram with a light fluid. Yes, we did. Okay, yeah. And we like tank like around. Yeah, yeah. The pentagram, flaming pentagram. That's amazing. Two thirty in the morning. I was like instantly. I just want to be a part of whatever they're going to I want like. I want to see them every time they play. Like I totally could be. See, that's what I get. You know. Okay, then. What year did you? Well, I mean, okay. Well, the most start. When did you move to Gainesville? I grew up here. You were an actual NCR. Yeah. Okay. Quick, quick. I was born in Jacksonville. Okay. I lived in Long Island. Well, I was one month off work. My parents got divorced, and we moved back here to Gainesville. Like I have family there. That- it was back this area yeah, until like at least the middle 1800s. Okay. My grandfather was a uh, dean of the College of Art Sciences at the University of Cold Code. All right. Uh, just a kind of cool bit of trivia. He was yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a guidance counselor. Oh, wow. Um, taught English at the University of Florida for a couple of decades. You know, my grandparents were like, it was a church, you know, at the so Holy Trinity he, downtown, which was like, like a big church. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that stuff. So, like, they were, they were all a part of it. They, they, they were part of it. So, this was like, like so when my, when my parents were divorced, I was four. Uh, my mom had had came back here. And I feel like I bounced around a little bit, but yeah, back yeah. to my dad's yeah. house, like, clear, clear area from Harvard. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, I, I mean, Haynes was always in my home. Okay, so... Is that why you've never left? Because that's another thing too, because I've noticed like like a lot of people from your generation that were here for this town for a long time. They all a lot of people moved to California, Chicago, New York. Is it maybe did you stay because you just felt comfortable? Enough to stay, and then you knew that this is where you wanted to be. I mean, I I didn't have a lot of options. It's, uh, you know, the best one when I kept up with the high school with where, uh, you know, going to college and stuff, like, like, hit, 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 19, I was, like, squatting in an abandoned house. Right. And it was, uh, a couple of skinhead heads. And, uh, Calpest Station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Calpest itself. And, uh, you know, I, uh, was living, I mean, I had a couple of years, like, living on people's couches and stuff like that. And um, those kids were, like, going to college. Right. Uh, I, I honestly, like, at that point, I not only I never really held down any kind of, like, little job, but I didn't even know. I didn't know how to, like, like, like hold down a job or interact with people or anything. Is that how you get, is that how that came along then? Uh, yeah, I just spent a couple of years, like, jumping around and getting, get like, like, you know, minor criminal trouble and stuff. And, like, like, and, like really, like, like not, but, like, like knowing that wasn't the life like me, but you didn't really have it. Like a way out. I actually ended up spending a couple of months with my friend, uh, Louis Recruiter, his couch. God bless the saint of a mother who let me sleep on the couch. I worked at Burger King that my buddies, uh, Louis, uh, Louis Ricardo, Mike Moresca, Chris Robertson, Red Messi, uh, and a bunch of other people who are now in our residents and stuff. Uh, but uh, I worked at a Burger King for uh, a few months on those days. And it gave me a 40 hour a week. Job. First person I was able to build for more than a week. You know, <laughs> right, right. Time, time, and, like, yeah, I yeah. learned like, how to like, have a job. job and stuff. get there. Uh, and I, you know, I, 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 back, back, back. I mean, I mean, I still think, think I mean, I, mean, I started, I mean, for this, especially lately. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to be a responsible as a whole as a human being. And by the time I was like 122, like, like I uh, was working in a, 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 a screen frame shop here in Santana, and I was looking for the restaurant. And one thing led to another, and I ended up at, at the, uh, at the alligator, I was an editor and entertainer. I remember, yeah, I found my way to like looking at record stores. I worked with a lot of people, of course, the source of my name was for a long time. Like, like, 
the places in town to punk records or indie stuff and keep my monitor and all that stuff. So I did my work there for years. And here's the first place I'm going to go. Comes back to my Jason Dooley. Jason Dooley was living with Drew Jackson at the house off of 6th Street and 10th Ave. And I was really heavy into free jazz, industrial, like straight noise stuff, like the noise, like kind of like late 80s, early 90s. Really into like a lot of country that I've been doing. like the kind of like the way like hard party were all sort of like the tough kind of guy, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, I'm a crossover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really love a lot of that stuff now. At the time, I can really go like, 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 in small doses. And see, you remember what it was? He was like a four-door. He like got a lot of lot of rates in it. It was super, super fun. There was a few thousand. It was kind of gnarly. It was a I will I will breathe my nose because of those two things you went to Tampa and Orlando and it's in the past and it's just for me. Yeah, hey, hey, no, 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 Tampa State ain't got a big metal finger here. All you guys are lawyers here top now, you can get it. I, uh... I hold no grudge right this book from after me if you're listening to this. I want to make it. It's all possible. It's all possible. It's all possible. It's all possible. So, uh... So, uh... So, uh... So, uh... Because they they run this kind of extremity. I was really into the clearing releases. It was like a carcass album, maybe dry around. So I knew, like, that's like this is kind of like... Grinding more like metal, you know, and, uh... And, and, I, I, and here's something I really, really love. When you see them play, they put in a quote, Death Metal Fest, where I think, where I think it was clearly conditioned and a couple of years like uh, Death Metal Fest band. Probably like 1980, maybe yeah, 1989. Yeah, yeah. And uh, these characters that do this prickly and be a difficult person, as I've ever met, always seems to me very well. Uh, I've heard a fair bit of things about some of the stuff that the Space Race Radio people like, like, can't work with. The first but, but he, he, letters is he, he, he treated he, he treated he treated me pretty 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 well. Uh, yeah, yeah, all considered, but um, let me do some songs from the death metal crowd. Early sleepers with death metal crowd, like total hash hashers, which be like ass suck, you know, you know, we're we're hardcore core band. This is our next, our next song called you know you know in capital where you know they would they would go into it and like like the, that that blast of some music fucking like, like racing like what. Really no way to go over and uh, and it's awesome, you know, you'd be like, like, we're assholes, we play like hardcore, you know, and it was basically like being a prick, like, yeah, that's what's that, that's what's that, that's what's that, that's what's that, like, like, in terms of, like, hard, 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 hard way that I felt like, like, I drifted from around you know, for a couple of years, like, you know, for me, like, like,
like, what year is it when you guys are all starting to get all these crazy year in the game? So, so, like, it's 
where like the army is kind of like food, and people people like really sort of fear most most problems. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it was like like our part was was like tough. We we are just a little small part. We're we're a little more red. You know, a little softer, maybe a little more soft. And we were also, I think, some of those typical guys like that. That's what we're super into, like like.
great bit of good today, and good back then, that was there, we cool dudes. Yeah. Went to our house, and, and uh, Rorschach was, was playing. Oh, oh wow. With Aspuck. And, and Carl Carl the third band was what? I think it was Meryl. Meryl was the third band. Oh, oh, shit. On that, on that, on that, on that bill, and they played in the living, living room. And it, it, it knocked me out of my socks. I'm my engineer's boot. Okay, Bandly Rorschach. I was able to tell them to tell them the reason this on Facebook, Facebook Facebook comment. I, I saw that, that he saw kind of kind of live to this year ago. We have a lot of people around, you know, they yeah, yeah. like a group racing or different. But like like to see a big band that, that took the heavy and like low power power that I loved from early early hardcore and moved forward in a way, way that was dodging cliches. It's, it's like they were they were taking a big black flag flag negative rotation and they brought on an almost like a rock rock like, like influence to it. Like with some of the complexities of their songs. They they didn't fall to like like a lot of this kind of like new crew or like, like speedball like, like shade haze in the ground. And it, there's just no two about it. Like, like I was just flat out not impressed. And the 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 records with they had other other they had one point six and Mar Merrill like yeah, seven inch inches. And like the, the, you know, the, the working intervals so and you know, all these, all these fucking records with this and stuff, thinking, like, like, how do I get this? I'm not here at a record store that's still on the phone. I'm still on the camera, but I'm still on the SST, and I'm yeah. still on Punch and Go. And I'm, I'm like, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with hammer records, I'm getting all different kind of cool holes, yeah, yeah. and it's, it's cool, but like, people need to know about this. Right, right, right. Like, this is important, like, like this morning and dance record is just so fucking, fucking important. How do I feel about this? Like, it really, really opened up my eyes. Like, the whole scene. And I went back to Hyde Zeke, and I had a link. I had a link. those eyes. God bless Charlie. They just, just God bless didn't, Charlie. They just didn't do it? They just, you know, just, I, just I, didn't think it? I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I'm going to mention things. I don't want to think too much about it. Like, Charlie's people over there were like, at least doing, doing things. Yeah, like, yeah. like, you know, the whole history of uh, Zeke's involved in changing hands and like, Charlie worked there, there and he kind of took it over, took it over, like, like crazy, like, circumstances and stuff. And like, like, they didn't want to, like, they didn't really, like, mess with, like, with, like, like, you know what I mean? They had a thing going, and it's like, I understand this, because I opened up my own records, or as a result of this definition. But, but, you have a certain budget, and it's really easy. Every month you're doing your CT order, and every month you're doing your AM order, and every month you're doing your Touching order, and you're doing your AM order. And when guys are doing ordering, they're talking about bringing down a new client, you don't necessarily think, I can take away like $20 to these these five accounts that we order from everyone, and like do a $100 order. If these guys kick things off, we get a release, or we get a couple of new records for it. It's like, they didn't want to, it's like they just wouldn't prove ordering this stuff. Guys to 
evolution records. That's like the guys from like Warcraft were telling me like this guy you want to talk to is like can't talk about evolution and stuff. And I, and I fucking blow my phone try to get something to happen. It wouldn't happen. And then like you know I'm I'm in all this pretty crazy noise, noise stuff. I'm living with uh, Woogie and uh, nobody like Woogie of course. And uh, you know Woogie was the only guy I knew that had like a girl job and. Uh, Somehow or another, I made the charm of uh, giving me like several thousand dollars, like seven thousand dollars for that record. Oh, wow. that's what that came about. It was like, this was really irresponsible. You know? I mean, yeah. It's kind of crazy. Sure, like, something's going on. That's so, what you're joking that year? 90, I think it was 94, 93, 94. Oh, uh, wow. You just opened that right before we had moved there. Uh, so this is just that's the tone. Like things were changing. Yeah, that was that's what I was trying to connect. Because I was trying to, because like I was just wondering what John was saying. Because he was here before we were here. He was at that age, but he didn't see what you saw. Of your age group. So it's kind of funny to how how that time period, ninety three, ninety four, ninety seven, stuff. Things were. Was that was supposedly found? When were they like? Like ninety two, ninety three, like right before. So, so, so like, like they were kind of like they, they were like they were like five and Like I love radon. I love radon. I love radon. Right. Like, right. Like, like, like that. That that really. Oh jeez, I thought I was really good at. But they were they were they were a band that I was really feeling feeling like I was working on trash trash. He was my assistant editor while I was editor. We were working on the entertainment section of the Alligator. Um, Bar was just starting up. Bar was actually working for me on Sundays. He would come in and like. Pack orders and stuff, right? Uh, like on the door, and it was like, uh, you know, spoke left town. I definitely like, I kind of like placed a lot of like, I don't know, I just had a lot, like, I, I had a lot of personal like stake. You in were that band. I, I felt like I had a lot of stake in that band. Like, I, I continue to be really good friends with those guys. Their music really said something to me, like, like, like antihistamine, amazingly heavy song. Um, God, Resh, but that Resh, whole Resh, album though, Resh, that whole album is fantastic. Like each There's a lot of diversity on there. You can hear that they and love they like, work. like Jawbreaker and Naked Raygun and and Husker Du. But they like, all work period, together. Like government issues, kind of like kind of like you're starting yeah. point, you know. But they were listening to like, first of all, they loved like Thin Lizzy, Cocteau Twins, and like Slater might be the three bands that I associate with smoke. That's awesome. More than anything, because those are the fucking, like, when I'd go play fucking Super Nintendo That's for, like, 14 hours straight, like, <laughs> Chuck Horn gave me a master class in Thin Lizzy appreciation, you know, nice. like, you know, at the time, I think boys are back in town, it's a bad jam or whatever, Jail yeah. Derrick, that's, uh, you know, that's a good, good song, and then, like, he fucking just schooled me in that stuff. Yeah. And, and um, you know, so, like, uh, <laughs> to hear an album where they're, like, pulling in, like, like that sort of like noisy amrep touch and go helmet like the first helmet album like really influenced meantime really influenced like uh, that song and yeah. some of the heavier stuff then you have like uh, some of the more like kind of almost like indie pop like, strummier tunes like they're a little unrest another okay. fucking fantastic band that like doesn't get talked about nearly enough today but uh you know stuff like unrest and like wedding present and the chameleon man i tell you the chameleon's a big now that was a band that was like so overlooked and so obscure. Todd Campisi and the guys from Spoke yeah, yeah. were the guys back in the day that were really into the chameleon. And if you go back and listen to that Spoke stuff, you can really hear like hey, those, that. some of those influences. Okay. And stuff. So it's getting, you know, kind of yeah. match up with that sort of the first wave of post hardcore. You know? That's crazy. That's a, that's a great story, man. Why are you taking a bite? Yeah. I'm going to come up with another thing. And I think 
I'm not going to ask you for your favorite because I mean I'm gonna. I I was lucky enough to catch maybe the maybe the last two three years of the utility house maybe before it was torn down. Okay. Maybe three or four years. Yeah. I saw a lot of awesome shows there myself. Yeah. Like that I wasn't expecting to see. You know, it's like those things where it's like, what's going on? Somebody knows. Yeah. Get your, you know, you yeah. got two forties. You're sitting on that yeah. porch. All of a sudden, something happens. You're like, holy shit! What the fuck is this? They didn't sell forties back then. We probably had, uh, we probably had tallboys and tall boys. What, what, yeah. what, what, what was one of your maybe top five shows that maybe you were uh, just hanging out there? You weren't expecting it. There was a record, a band called uh, the Second Story Window. We I remember a 12 inch and a 7 inch and, and Gravity. Maybe, maybe Gravity Records. But they were part of that whole like uh, West Coast like resurgence along yeah. with like the whole like uh, 31G like came along with the later like Gravity Records and like. They called the heroin, kind of like kicked all that stuff off mm-hmm. again. Like, uh, it's like great, great chaotic, like messy, like West Coast, anti-Octagon, all those bands. Gonna say everything. Second Story Window, man. Great fucking band. Uh, um, I mean, I saw Floor Play. I mean, it had to be at least five or six times, not more. As you still in the building house, and every time it was just. A, what do you think it was? What do you think it is about places like that? Like looking back, I mean, because I mean, because first time I drive by that spot, it's seriously. Uh, I get a, I get a visceral feeling, like I really do, because it just like it brings me right back to the moment to where, you know, I can just remember a certain point where I was talking to this. John Henry here, yeah. or just groups of people, and we're all just sitting there with John. He, you know, everybody just uh, hanging out on the porch, uh, uh, talking, and talking, and talking. I mean, those are uh, so much fun, man. And it's amazing. It's amazing to recap these stories with everybody because I enjoy learning a lot from people. Have people from back around, like that's like you know, a lot of people started moving here from South Florida, and I started to really like get an appreciation appreciation for like. Like my, my my Cuban brothers and sisters, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like right, you know, right. these guys are like playing dominoes and like smoking cigars and like, like talking about the neighborhoods they grew up in and, and what the distinct cultures. I mean, yeah. in the 80s, not like Miami, might as well have been Mars. You're right. I've never been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So the, the half people like with this, this, with this fucking great like, like perspective, this whole like, like you know, I mean, I'll be some friends with people, from, you know, who are either from or their parents are from. You know, you know, or maybe grandparents, you know, but not much farther back than that. Uh, yeah. Nicaragua, you know, Cuba, like El Salvador. I, I agree with you. Know, I, Rica, that's you know, one thing I've been lucky like, about. So, so, yeah. so it was really, like, it was really, really but, but Very, that's one thing that's really, like, Kansas always has a pretty diverse, pretty diverse, and pretty cosmopolitan culture and scene. I grew up in very integrated schools. My best friend growing up, who the guy that I was running around and causing trouble with, but like the, mid, the late lady, he was an Indian guy. Um, you know, if there's any speaker head in the scene, it was supposed to be the best person who was a course of black. Kind of something I kind of like, I, I was listening to another interview with a person who said something. Do you think Gainesville had ever, I, I, I don't know up until when I came here, I, I, I don't know, I never had really seen it if I had. I think there's a lot of like like anti-gay uh, 
attituding being visible in the punk scene of the town? Do you, have you ever seen that? Have you ever noticed that? Because, I mean, I haven't. I know gay people in the scene I have the whole time. I've never come across anti, like anybody who is or like homophobic uh, uh, or in any way. way. You know, you have to have like lots of skin and guys that really have to watch out for them and be gay because they're like you. Most most guys don't live in town, though. Yeah. Like, guys that move in town, they pull out of that for a short period of time. You know, they would come here away from, like, legal trouble or, like, like just, like, fucking chill out. I think they chill, but, yeah. but like, like, I mean, what I, what, I mean, we were very, like, out to the book scene was a very long, long match with, uh, which of course like, like didn't have the, the higher uh, cultural profile of it does now and certainly like but, but if, if you went if you if there are a lot of gay people that's what I'm saying like uh, me, me it seems like and, but it, they, they it wasn't it wasn't a surprise to me when people came out because they already you know what I mean like it's like you understand like I know what what they do so it's like like I mean I grew up with a lesbian my mom came out of the closet when I was like ten years old so, so it's like that's the thing like like so it's wonder because like like you hear people say stuff about that and they talk about certain scenes and what what, what scenes were yeah, like like what groups were like but you know I'd like to say and the reason why I bring up about games is because listen I've lived here for twenty years and made me realize. That's see that's radio right there. That's no, real no, podcasting. Part, part, part. No, that's awesome. <laughs> I love I love, love it. It's natural. That's why there's no editing. No, no. But the point is, the town had showed me the whole time that I lived here that the world wasn't what my family said the world was like. Yeah. And that's why I, I ended up loving this town and loving this town so much because they, they well, reassured me as a human being. There's a legacy of Gainesville punk being being relatively, and that's that's where we're relatively relatively cosmopolitan. It was very strong. Even presence as people very very strong. Very strong, like a feminist perspective. And then misogyny is not a cool thing. But, but, like, but, but, really but, but, you know, I mean, being openly gay and the punk scene, there's like a crossover. Like, you would have a punk night and you would have a night at like MFM, the spectrum from gay bars. You know, here and there. That's certainly the place I was. Hey, they would let me in. I mean, I was just. And then you would see down the road and letting us play shows there and stuff. I mean, it was. I felt comfortable like hanging out because I thought guys could call me on the phone before and punch me in the back of the head. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like, right. That's like I haven't had a gay bar. Right, right. I mean, right. I mean you can really like scratch your head. Right, right, right. right. But, but all that being said, that doesn't mean that like, that doesn't mean that you that people weren't targeted for being gay. You prevent that relative. No, totally, totally. I mean, I mean, exactly. Like, like, I just, I just feel like I have to acknowledge that speaking is like, like, in many ways, ways like, I, you know, I was, I was, I was considered to be created by a lot of people who were back at me. A good portion of the 80s, like, please, but like, the default, like, I just, like, like, that'd be like the default system of how people, like, jump at me, and they would actually, yeah. It's a problem, yeah. Like, I could look at the guys from the center, and I'd be surprised when I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a girl, you know, like, like, just didn't, like, expect that, you know, like, I gave the apology. I mean, I wore eyeliner, like, nail polish, and I'm like, that's funny. That's funny you say that. Me and Crazy. This day, we go to a restaurant. Right, right, and this is, and it, it doesn't matter which restaurant we've gone to, if there is 
person of the opposite sex that is gay, they always ask if the check is together and if either one of them is with one another. And it's like Chrissy, and you know, they must be the only gay couple that's ever gotten married. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, well, you know, like, it's like, keep on happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, like this is so funny. I'm pretty good these days, so I like that. I'm running to be a gay couple. You're a girl. Yeah, you got hair, hair, <laughs> like, yeah, you're not quite, quite, yeah. You're a lot more butch than 1995. Yeah, you're a lot more butch than 1995. I saw your hairstyle. I saw your hairstyle. Here, or, or I saw everything I just wanted to talk about we're talking about something that there are perspectives that I'm not privy to because I have a certain privilege and even if I'm getting think that is gay, I might like the more like homophobic and violent, like hard part like better culture in the right way back in the eighties. Um I you know no, I'm not I you know I'm not protection. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm not really privy. I can't no, 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 to like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me to say, like, this seems like this seems really loose. I mean, that's my yeah, 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 yeah,
I've, I've always, always been, I was very, very grateful to you to help me out, out on the bad situation. Uh, nobody really, really knew, but I was in a situation. I really, really, that was a point where I kind of needed a lot of help. And you didn't know me that well. You were still so kind enough to do that. And I really, really want to say thank you for that. I don't think I've ever said thank you that Like, like, Ah, uh, you guys, guys, you know, that's, that's the thing. You, all you all up here are doing a lot more than you think you did. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, we you know, and, uh, one of the things I have to talk about is that we've been given a safety thing. Oh, Jesus. That's a fifth grader. Oh, uh, are you talking about that? We don't need <laughs> 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 Well, I'm just going to say, we don't have to go through the whole thing. But I just say that Jesus is a kid.
Can you still get that? Uh, anywhere? It's out of print. Um, I, you can get a copy for a penny on Amazon. Sometimes, sometimes the cheapest copy on Amazon is like thirty dollars. It's weird, like you know, like weird. It's are you because it's out of print? Sometimes the price right yeah. now, but yeah, you can get it pretty pretty. Now you are you um, what are you doing right? Is there anything you want to push? Anything that you're doing that you that you want to tell anybody about? We got the uh, fest coming up. You got any plans for the fest? Well. My beautiful girlfriend, Cindy Styler, S-T-E-I-L-E-R. <laughs> Check uh, it out. I, 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 I encourage you to Google her name because I'm a big fan of her artwork. Okay. And she's really doing some amazing artwork um, involving textiles and photographs. And there's a diversity in what she does, but a thematic core to it that holds all her work together. It's so exciting for me to be on the... The front row seat, the privilege of naming. Awesome. Uh, she also uh, is going to be working at one of the venues for the fest. So, uh, cool. Looks right. like I'm going to go check out the government issue. I usually, I'm not a big fest guy, but if Cindy's working, I figure I'll go check it out. Everybody uh, go check it out. Government issue played Gainesville in like 82. Yeah. I was in maybe 8th grade. I wow. couldn't sneak out of my house to go, so I missed him. John Sabbath, fucking fantastic dude. Yeah. Um, you know, original uh, vocalist and. Uh, 
still doing his thing, and I've been friends with him online for like, like over a decade now, and he's a great guy, so I'm over the moon that I'm going to go see this morning issue and get the, um, make sure they're like a little 20 year old twerps and looking at my, my girlfriend, but <laughs> on her, uh, throughout all that process, right on, I'm going for that. Awesome. I'm some death jockey dude, like, right I'm, on. Uh, you know, I, uh, I work in the, um, rarefied slice of medical field. I like my job a lot. Okay. The people I work for an ethical company that treats me, me really well. Uh, I work with a department, a group of people that uh, I get along with great, and they accept me for who I am. I mean, I put as professional demeanor on as I can, but I, they know that I still have punk rock and death metal look, and no brains. I'm more enthusiastic in 2015 about Crazy noise, like fucking man and fucking hardcore, yeah. gnarly, and like, like just the, you know, it's weird and it's fucked up and loud and fast and crazy yeah. and slow and everything you make it. Like I, for me, it's all punk. Punk is like I have the most exclusive. Yeah, like when I say we're long, but like covers, for me, it's like I'm the same way. Yeah, yeah, it covers a lot of ground. Covers a lot of ground for me, man. I'm still like 100% fucker. But thank you for um again like, doing this, and everybody yeah. check out the ladies' artwork. They're the best in these stuff, so make sure you do check it out. They were go out and buy the stuff. Check it out and buy it. Support the local scene. That's very convincing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, go out and support the local scene, folks. Uh, and we appreciate you all, and again, Pat, thanks a lot. And, uh, oh, that was fun. Thanks for putting up with me. Uh, thanks for putting up with me. You have a great night. Cheers. Cheers.